You're listening to the Ontos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being and truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Rated S for spoilers. Full Cosmere spoilers. I mean... Full Cosmere spoilers after I have now finished Trust of the Emerald Sea. And again, this is super fun. Uh, the previous episodes, you were making predictions, and I was super surprised that you caught almost everything right off the bat. <laughs> you had good justifications for it, but I was super surprised. So the thing that like made me, like I said, is I don't know. You know, I never understood. So I've never been a writer. I've never been someone who went deep into those arts until I started playing D&D about four or five years ago. And then, like, I realized, dang, you know, if I just wasn't told that this stuff never makes money in, in high school and stuff, this would be wonderful. You know, this would have been a wonderful thing to learn, you know. Um, But going through Branding's lectures, funny enough, you know, helps me catch everything he's saying. Because, like I said, I went through them a ton because I just wanted to be a better dungeon master. That's it. I just wanted to write better stories. I'm not very good at that. Um, but I'm learning and I'm flexing those muscles and getting better. But going through those, I was able to spot a lot of things. Like whenever Brandon, the biggest thing that I learned from Brandon, which probably is the best piece of advice I think he's ever given in terms of writing, has been making sure you keep your promises. And so whenever he would say something along the lines of uh, those people often had the things that they wanted in front of them all along, I go, that's just not a throwaway. <laughs> that, that means something. And I like I said, I was pretty sure that uh, Huck was Charlie, and I think it was I think it was kind of interesting because it, they explained it later that he was trying to say Chuck, but he couldn't do the ch, so it it came out as Huck. Yeah, so it's funny. I you know I guess I have the blessing of being dumb because <laughs> I was literally at, right up to the reveal, wondering what the heck is going on with this rat, um, and I thought I thought he was like kind of a pawn, kind of this, kind of that. Um, but I, I didn't even cross my mind that it could be Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, like I said, when I've, it's weird again, like you, 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 you said that you have the, the blessing of being dumb. Um, the thing is, is like, I have this issue now and I say, I say it's an issue. Maybe it's not, uh, it's not for the Cosmere. At least it's not when an author rewards you like right. Brandon Sanderson does. But I now have this thing because I'm spoiled by his books that I read way too much into everything. Like, you know, let's talk about how, you know, I think in the last episode we talked about the whole uh, Hoyd saying I had to I had to I once ate a a rock, but I had to fight his entire family first. And I heard that. And the first thing I thought is, oh, my gosh, what did he do to rock in the Stormlight Archives? Right. Um, But I thought, okay. Let's start. Let's start somewhere because I'm just going to ramble. Okay, so, um, Zysis. we get to see a dragon. Got, we don't. We just we get to see one, not just hear about them. And the other thing is that dragon steel, which we all know is mm-hmm. like the you know the going to be the final part of the Cosmere, has a meaning now. Like it's the actual metal of the dragons. Uh, so he actually has metal in him uh, that is called dragon steel. Yeah. So. That makes, uh, you know, that make that's kind of that was just kind of a cute, cool, little, neat reveal. And the only other dragon we've interacted with, um, except for for technically cultivation, 
uh, is um, Frost, and that's just because of the the. I think it was a way of uh, not way of way, way of kings. It was like uh, a letter, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not revealed that it's Frost, and it's not revealed that he's a dragon. It's just because I think in Way of Kings Prime it was revealed. Um, Mm-hmm. So we knew that they were sentient and we knew that they had like some like, you know, wants, needs or whatever. What I thought was funny is that Frost was studying the Aethers. Um, mm-hmm. That was like his like big thing. And now here's Isis doing the same thing. Um, I thought that was just kind of cool. And the dragon kind of acted the way I expected Brennan to write a dragon. It's just very typical. Yeah. And here's the thing. I was watching an interview uh, with Brandon Sanderson, he did. I forgot who it was with, but they uh, they were talking about I think the Will of Time, or they were talking about like what the best mythical monsters are. And Brandon straight up said dragons, and he was saying that. I'm just like, and I think I watched his interview like a year or two ago, maybe something like that. And I was like, oh well, you know, we know dragons exist, but we haven't seen them. And now I think it's exciting because. If this is Brandon's favorite like mythical monster, right? The favorite thing about it, I'm so hyped to see what a dragon can actually do because there's no way we're not going to get a book where we see a dragon fight well and <laughs> also you know the, something the dragon had boons and yeah. at least in this case it was just having like technology so i don't know if he just like had things um but uh one of the fun facts brandon actually on some of his videos will have his macaw uh parrot um with him and he said that he has that because it, he always wanted a dragon like something that mm-hmm. would he's like but this is like as close as it gets it flies is smart and it plays with you and it talks you mm-hmm. know so it's about as close as i could get yeah to a to a uh, a pseudo dragon so here we are um you know the dragon's also smaller than i expected because mm-hmm. uh, he's about 12 feet tall i think something along those lines so about the size of a coloss, uh, a decently sized coloss. Um, and uh, he's just kind of like interested in academic stuff. So this is just my, when I always pictured dragons, I always thought of, you know, those they live for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. We don't know what their mortality is like. Um, and I always thought that, yeah, they'd be like probably academic. They'd be like exploring the universe in many, in some ways. And somehow he got to the bottom of the red uh, or the crimson sea and was able to like make a place there so that's yeah. pretty neat um what did you think of the bargaining thing they did with with him oh i i saw that coming so like hoyd was like hoyd was like you have all you need and i'm just the minute she walked down there and crow was like i have your i have your your slave or whatever i was just like well, why doesn't trust just offer her up as a slave exactly <laughs> i, I kind of saw that i was thinking i was like that would be an interesting solution because why would the dragon not consider it and also like they didn't have her bound or any like had no way of stopping her from you know doing that potentially mm-hmm. and at that point i was like oh, okay she's gonna outwit her she's gonna she's gonna yeah. figure it out and in the end like funny enough crow gets what she wants right because she gets to live she gets to live and drag and the dragon was straight up was like you know I would have I would have healed her for a year and didn't tell her anything, but it would have come back in a year. Like the only way she can survive is if she stays here with me and I keep healing her. So, like you said, what are the boons? Is it magic? Is it some sort of like antibiotic, like antifungal something that he, he medicine that he gives her that like stops the spore spread or beats it back, but it can never get rid of it. Obviously, yeah. And I think um, my favorite, and I'm sure many people would agree, my favorite part of that was 
Fort got a new new tablet. Yeah. Because when he broke the tablet, that was like a dog dying for yeah, me. Yeah, no, straight like, up, straight up. And then, yeah, we learned that it's legitimately like an iPad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which I thought was pretty funny. No, no, I thought it was awesome. Let's talk about that really fast, okay? Because how, like, Brandon Sanderson right now, in my opinion, um, I haven't read this yet, so it's one that I'm planning on reading, and I want to. It's like the Dying Earth series, I think is what it's called. Um. And essentially, it, it takes place on Earth at the near the end of the heat death of the universe. Let's pretend that the sun didn't go red giant and consume the Earth. But it's follow, It's at the Earth near the heat death of the universe. And essentially, the Earth has been destroyed so many times that uh, they're in the Conan the Barbarian Age. And they have magic, which is just high tech that they found that is like indistinguishable from magic right, at that right. point. And... When, like I, I haven't read that yet, so I can't say this is the best way I've seen it done, but I love how Brandon Sanderson's just like, let's put high-tech into this really low-tech fantasy and make it really fun and really cool and really memorable. And that whole, that board being a computer, essentially, was so awesome. It had an incredible payoff in the end when they were trying to figure everything out, and they do the classic, you know, how do you work this, how do you work this, bing, bring up the video <laughs> video chat thing, and I just, I loved every second of it. I think, uh, I, the one thing, it, it was, I don't know if I say disappointing, but it kind of made me fear a little bit for the future of the Cosmere, was when she, they said that, you know, uh, the sorceress was was the woman from the Irie from Secret History. So I don't know if you mm-hmm. caught that. Yep. It was the same lady. Yep. Um, who was going to take preservation's power. And she has a laptop. And it sounds like yep, she does. She, she has like just, you know, normal technology. I mean, like, I don't know why that kind of scares me. Because I always I always wondered, like, what would future, you know, what what would futuristic, like true futuristic technology look like if magic truly existed? The closest we have is Star Wars, uh, where you have the Force, right? But it's like, would you have a laptop? You know, would you have iPads, essentially? Like, is that a natural progression of things? Like, I would have thought, like, oh, yeah, we probably have a tablet, and it says that it's metal, and it uses, like, LCDs or whatever, but it's not an iPad, So a I laptop. Think, so here's the thing I think, okay? And, uh... And so let's talk about really fast here what you brought up. Would that be the natural progression of things? Well, if we go back to Six of the Dust, I think it would be. And the reason for that is it's going to be these uh, kind of like what Harmony says. Like, I gave you too much. You're not progressing quick enough. You're not progressing technologically quick enough, right? And a lot of their technology is, in fact, being warped by the magic there. Would it not be an okay or safe assumption that these planets that are not heavily influenced by a magic system will actually progress naturally like us. And so that laptop she has, her people, people, maybe even people with uh, who, are, who are on these planets that have these magical systems may have not come up with that. What if it's a planet that has humans on it that doesn't have access to magic? It could be. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, that could be accurate. I thought it was really fascinating where we got Aeons back. Um, yes. The fact that Aeons worked on this planet, which apparently I guess you do just have to like establish it. It's like a... Uh, full metal alchemist or something where you just have to put your establishing thing first and it's different on each planet but mm-hmm. then after that you can just do it yep um i thought that was and so neat. i i wondered when that when we thought about that and obviously hoyd had to be returned for his curse to be broken 
but wouldn't it just be, I mean, I don't know if they could create a cataclysmic event, right? But could one of the wishes I now see with uh, hindsight here is she could have gone to the dragon in order to defeat the sorceress. And she could have gone to the dragon and go, my boon I wish of you is to create a massive earthquake in the sea. And if it screwed up the geography, right, shouldn't that screw up her aeons? They should technically be able to outwit her there because she would have to figure out where that issue was. Yeah, but I think I think I guarantee you that they would understand aeons enough that they'd be like, oh, now I need to do this, you know, change I, this. I know, but the, the idea then would be like, wouldn't they still have to figure out where the geography changed? You would think that she probably has some sort of surveillance in place or something in place to do to do that. And that's what if I was yeah, writing yeah. it, I, it would she would have like satellites or some equivalent that that would be able to keep track of stuff yeah. like that i don't know if you've seen um some people did renders of the planet and i didn't imagine it like this but it is essentially like this this is not a normal planet which you know uh, not just like oh you know we, these... we have some three-body problem coming up in here <laughs> not even that it's it's uh so it's a planet with moons that are not in orbit they are in you you could argue geo like stationary but they're not even stationary they're floating like around like a coronal like they they stay stationary over the planet it's almost more like these things are tethered to the planet um by the by the aethers i guess i mean so this is not like oh this is a moon so that's why there's uh 12 of them so they they go around in a i don't know what what shape that would be but that's why they end up having a pentagonal um seas that are there because it's just an even distribution of where they're dumping their spores um i thought it was really really fascinating that the because i was like why would the crimson sea based off of understanding crimson spores why would that be more dangerous than other places? And they were like, well, because it's the rain. And oh, it's just obvious. The, ra- the random weather patterns. But what I thought was you know, super fascinating is how she seemed to be the first one to figure out that you can give intention to the spores. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only because she did the same. Th- she basically did the same thing with midnight uh, spores, which yep. the implications of that. I mean, one, it makes sense because that's what Twin Soul basically does with Rosite. He gives intention yep. to the Rosite. Um, and it's just fascinating to me that no one figured that out, but it could just be because everyone's so scared of it. Well, I didn't, didn't, um, haven't other people somewhat, or at least it's hinted at other people have figured it out. It's just the seas are so dangerous that they haven't, they haven't gotten to each other. Cause at the end, the sorceress is like, why would I trade for a little piece of equipment that you've figured out just now that people on the other side of the world that you haven't seen or just haven't got to yet have already figured out. That is true. So they could be more advanced. It's just not spreading anywhere. Yeah, because they have to find ways to overcome each sea, right? And so, like one side could, you know, one side could have the have the solution to the Crimson Sea, but another side might not yet, and so they won't be able to get to each other and things like that. What I found fascinating, uh, and this, some people thought that this might Hoyd um, going to become an Elantrian essentially, or somehow he had to be granted the ability to use Aeons. He had to be invited, yeah. Um, was probably why in Elantris, when he leaves, why he was trying to team up with the Skays. Um, was he was trying mm-hmm. to get the Elantrians' powers, but he didn't hold up his side of the bargain or whatever, so they like that broke the deal. But it makes me wonder, like this probably, in theory, would maybe be the last uh, investiture power or whatever magic system he would need to get into. Because, I mean, we already know He's most likely misborn uh, because he got Lorassium. Yep. Um, 
I will speculate that he probably got Farakumi somehow. Uh, who knows? Uh, we know he has breaths. Um, he would need to. So he could have definitely gotten Farakumi by being spiked, by being using Hemolurgy and using a one of the God Metals to spike all oh, of that's true. into himself. That is true. He could have just used a Lorassium spike. He and, may not be Mistborn. I mean, no, no. He, he even could be Mistborn. But the, the point being is, like, he could use that spike, like, in the future. Like, we yeah, haven't seen it true. in the books yet, but he's in the he's far in the future, right? And that theoretically should not give... Um, at least to our understanding, that should not give Harmony control over him with just one spike. True, and but he also, I think that one, I think there might have been a word of Brandon that says he doesn't use hemolurgy because any other shards might be able to influence him, and so he might not. He he'd be shying away from that. Uh, we don't know his grand plan. Maybe he has the Lorassium spike. And here's the thing, though: who you know, who who's he? What what full ferrochemist is he going to spike? He has to. If he has to spike a full ferrochemist to steal full ferrochemy. If that's the case, yeah. That's, uh, my theory would be Sazed. Sazed after he gives up the back. shards, and he's going to spike Sazed. Oh gosh, dang it! So speaking of, I my theory was that the sorceress was going to be a shard because I think there is an interaction with a shard that happens in one of these secret projects. I didn't know which one it was, mm, and I thought okay. it was. I I kept thinking this is going to be a shard, but the way Hoyd kept talking. And I also thought only a, only a shard would be able to get the best of Hoyt, right? Um, but the way Hoyt kept talking, he was talking like, uh, there's basically no shard here. I know for a fact that they're not, you know, he kept saying like the storms were not divinely inspired. I know mm-hmm. for a fact they're not around there. Um, so I thought it was kind of interesting that it ended up being, she ended up being an Elantrian. And I was sure that like Elantrians are really, really, really freaking powerful. Yeah. Um, but the the thing I was I, I'm kind of want to double down on was my theory on the Aethers, um, specifically when it comes to ATM, because I I had a theory that the Aethers were involved with how AT, the ATM mines were produced. Um, yes, and I still think that like I still think that the Aethers did predate Adenalsium, that they were the first to concentrate investiture, and the way ATM is produced is the way they were concentrating investiture. And now we know that some Aethers, or at least enough of them, have intent. And they do have, you know, try to spurn off investiture. And, like, that's a huge thing for them. So they may be, like, the primordial, like, investiture beings, essentially. Um, and then my thought is that there was a huge amount of investiture concentrated somewhere. And Abnausium happened to be the being that came upon that and took up all the power and became essentially God. Let's talk about Hoyd and God because he made so many throwaway comments about it, and I I loved every, I loved it. So first off, he mentioned you're talking about the stupidity points, and he's just like, I was you know I was in league with 15 other people to kill God, right? And so we kind of guessed that already, kind of understood that. Did he say 15? Because I remember he said a certain number, and I went. I, th- I want to say he said 15. 16. I think he said because he would be the 17th person because he was because there was a because tr- remember there's that. 16 shards. Mm-hmm. And there was some number. He so, said that, and I went, hold on. I th- so here's the thing. I could be wrong. I can't. Go, we can't go back really fast and say that. We'll, you know, we'll correct it in a future video down the road. I guarantee it if, we're, if I end up being wrong about it. But I think he said 15 because then afterwards, we get, I think we get another hint at what he said, at what he did, because he said, uh, 
Huck was talking and Huck was like, you know, Huck did the, I was just trying to protect you from yourself. And Hoyd went into that monologue about how that's a great way to lay condescending, uh, condescending notion on top of something, you know, you're basically saying, I don't trust you to make your own decision. He goes, and I myself know this very well when I told the other 15 the same thing. Yeah, actually, I think you I think you're right. And I think the the only reason that might be accurate is because uh, there should have been there should have been 16 people. But maybe it's because cultivation is a dragon. But at the same time, uh, endowment is a showdell. So I don't know why he would use them as a person and not the dragon. Yeah, because that's that's interesting. I got to. I, I I remember him saying that and thinking, hold on, there's a significance to this number because mm-hmm. how are there 16 shards? Um, and even though Harmony now is, you know, the combination of two shards, there are 16 shards yeah. um, unless they let one go. Like someone did, yeah. like he had, because the whole thing was Hoyt had the opportunity to take up power and he didn't. So which one did they let go and why? Like oh, maybe you said about endowment. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the other fifteen were claimed by a person or a dragon, I guess too. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know. Um, maybe I, I just uh, I, I think that's gonna, that's going to be an interesting thing that that's actually going to come up in the future. Um, I was trying to think of there's a few things I was super excited there's about. There's so many cool things about it. The, um, I want to know what the other spores do. Um, yeah, there's got, uh, my theory is that, okay, so I'm sure there's elemental spores, right? So we have the air spores, which are the mm-hmm. explodey ones. I bet Zephyr spores, that's what they're called. Yeah. The Zephyr spores. Um, we have Rosite and then we have the crimson ones are basically similar to Rosite, except they're spiky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would wonder if there's fire spores or, you know, it'd be weird that there'd be water spores, but. I mean, that'd be kind of redundant. Um, but it makes me wonder, like, what are the other spores? Because uh, this is like when you learn the other metals and Mistborn. It's like they all add so many implications. Um, yeah. You don't need to invent gunpowder. So this this place would have be able to make cannons and guns super easily. Yep. Another thing that I think about is, like, spores, right? If Depending on their characteristics out in space, if we're looking at this, Rosite makes a very good way to almost instantly seal up breaches in spaceships and things like that if they can survive out in space with no issue and things like that. So it has a lot of cool things that we're going to go into or that I hope they go into here in the future. Um, One thing I noticed, though, what I thought would be really cool is I would love to see two uh, sprouters who are experts in the midnight essence fighting each other. You know how cool that would be, like dropping, you know, I need to create intent with this one then drop it because i need to grab yours and dismiss it and grab and like just that insane chess battle between two people and essentially their wills and uh at that point it would also be how hydrated they could stay well so that's the thing is i bet it makes me think like if you can find a way to hydrate then you would have you know like the sand mastery of taldane with with something like that it's like you could just be super powered um that's immediately what i thought because the thing i thought the most of is Oh my gosh, what if, like, Sand Mastery at Haldane, what if it's just the ability to grab? It's not just the sands, it's the ability to grab this invested material. What happens when a Sand Master can throw spores? Yeah, I mean, the. Because they also call, they also say, like, they also drop hints at, like, crows, like, 
nothing this is not as mean as like every other dark cider bar like she said that just off the cuff randomly just dark oh, she said that she I, said like I, dark cider bar hmm yes and i was like wait a and second this is also late late in the cosmere and the, mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be able to go to and from Taldane. well, so. he, well he, i know and here but here's the thing too crow is also given the features i think it's her like the red eyes and everything it's some race from cell i can't remember what race from cell but there's a race from cell that's like discussed as having super dark skin with the red eyes hmm. so I, th- I think so i think so i would look dark it up skin with red eyes on right cell um i think so i think yeah trying to I'll think to back look. to it i have to i have to look because i mean I, all i know is the empire so you got fjordel um not I, not tikiel it's um because tikiel is the house from from mistborn the place that uh serini's from mm-hmm. they had the rose I don't empire think, i don't think it was any of the ones that were discussed there's they're discussed that the the your the yord for it fjordel the fjord yeah fjordel they, they've already conquered several other right empires. right 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 um and then you, oh yeah because then you have like duladel it's not it's Dula- not it's not duladel though because Ga- uh galadin didn't have red eyes right but he had the darker skin the only red eyes i can think of are from from uh full metal alchemist so i don't know <laughs> okay the ishtar um uh, the, the ishvalans yeah. ishvalan yeah yeah um but um yeah no so i think like and they're known that like, this world is known for having off-worlders come here consistently, right? And so, like, to the point where they have, like, oh, yeah, just people come in spaceships. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that um, it's, it's, it makes sense why this would be a perfect place because you probably have all the spores you could ever think of, mm-hmm. and they're all just right there. Um, and so being able to just essentially harvest spores makes a lot of sense. Um one thing, uh, uh, kind of kind of shifting a little bit, is I loved the reason I loved Tress so much is because it was very Princess Bridey at the end, you know, yep. even at the end, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I I thought it was kind of lame, but also like very much in in tone that Hoyt basically solved everything by being like, um, I changed one word of the curse and that solved everything. At the same time, we have to remember that. This is a story told by Hoyd. Um, And he has a tendency to change the stories to fit things. He he said, so in this story itself, he says, you know, the memories are like our our biographies, our epics, our ballads that we're writing for ourselves. And he goes, and you would be doing yourself a disservice by not sprucing it up and making it better than it actually was. Right. But I, I, I think of like um, in Rhythm of War when he was telling, I think it was Kaladin, the story of the dog and the dragon. I think it was Rhythm of War. Uh, is one, it was it, the second story you told Kaladin, right? Because he, he told Kaladin the story of the, the, wind, the wind runner. Right. The, the, the ship. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end, he's like, that was a really depressing story. And then he said, he finished it off by saying the dog, you know, realizes that I think I bet a dragon never had it as good anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it felt it felt tacked on. Um, mm-hmm. It felt like he did that because he felt it was necessary, but not like it was maybe even originally part of the story. And so I, I just makes me wonder, like, you know, yeah. these these events could be totally fictional. I don't think they are. I think they have truth to them. Um. But I think, you know, he kind of gussied it up a bit. So, again, such a simple concept, something I'm probably going to take from my D&D world at some point, which I I had th- I was thinking about it, but the way Brandon worded it was pretty cool. 
I love the idea of forts people being hunters and like that doesn't scale well. So we are hunters of everything. We choose yeah. our hunt. I love that. That 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 was one of the coolest little cultural things they did. Mm-hmm. It was like we're hunters, but I hunt for deals or something. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that's just that was just super neat. Uh and then um And then the payoff, like the way he worded it, the payoff of like and uh Fort set out to show that he was the greatest hunter of all time. Yeah, I know. That was so so cool like mm-hmm. uh just reminding me of that uh makes my hair stand up it was just so neat to have all, all those little things and then the funny thing about like how what's her name was was a really really bad shot and it, f- it turns out her eyesight was messed up yep and so she gets glasses and so now she can actually like shoot better mm-hmm. um the fact that she had all the technical skills she just couldn't see right and then um the fact that uh the original cannoneer guy got kind of a little bit of a redemption arc mm-hmm. um but it was kind of subtle like and it was perfectly fine like it was, he was essentially like you, uh, you guys you know so you're gonna kill me you're gonna throw me over you're gonna betray me and she's like no i don't really care and in the end he kind of like was able to kind of get together and help that was just super neat um again yeah. again this all just this was a very good feel-good story the tone was really fun and having Hoyd be the be the mm-hmm. author was just super neat. Um, but there was there were a couple of really 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 interesting references. Yeah. Uh, death, death, Marsh, Marsh. Did he make it to this planet, or did the, just the story? Is he still alive? Which means if he's still alive, if he's still alive, it means they've made more atium, which means they're using the process of splitting harmonium at this point which i think uh i i think it's been i don't know if it's been confirmed but almost everywhere i look everyone talks about how um the next layer of uh the next era of mistborn is they do like mass produce loracium uh which means they're also going to mass produce atium um so it makes sense it also but it also implies that like he's so well known throughout like the cosmere essentially as being death so he's not just a scadrial legend anymore uh so he must be going around probably with kelsier this time uh to with the ghost bloods i mean getting you know and here again depending right i can't remember exactly he's decrepit because he didn't have atm right Mm -hmm. so like theoretically but here's the issue right because he needed a compound um life essentially you need a compound age that's mm-hmm. that's what you need to do um compound right I, I was calling it something else before and i think i was wrong. compound yeah compound um they all saying compact i was like what yeah, the yeah, heck yeah. i mean but compound so but if we understand that then and that's what he's doing then he will never be peak marsh anymore because he'll only be able to keep his age where it is now he won't be able to actually be younger right or right. can he um, I think he can, but he would burn. He, that would mean he would burn himself his Somehow age quicker, away. right? Quicker, yeah. Like, so, like not... even the Lord Ruler, even Rashik aged, but he just aged extremely slowly mm-hmm. because he was just compounding you. He would not have lived forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. But I just wanted to curious to see if, like, if that's the case, they're mass producing Lorassium, which means they could that Marsh can get his hands on ATM if they're splitting it from Harmonium, right? And if that's the case, are we ever are we going to get to see Peak Marsh? 
are we going to get to see at some point, like if he's able to compound enough youth, is, a, is there a point where he can bring out a lot of that youth at once and we just get to see these moments of peak March fighting again? Well, the thing is, is, that, pretty cool. is that he still he still has all that. Uh, the He still has those abilities because remember, Hemalurgy now has like diluted just like all the other mm-hmm. Allomantic abilities. Um, and so... He's the only one, like they said, basically, you can never make another Marsh. Like he has so many other spikes that even other Inquisitors yep. didn't have. He was an advanced model, essentially. Yeah, because Rune like spiked him up with everything, I think. Right. And so uh, so he still has all that ability. So he should be able to, you know, basically almost, I, I don't know if he should be able to use Farrakumi to an extent, at least. Um, but there is the speaking of there's a throwaway line, almost throwaway line. And I wanted to review this with you by the time you saw it. There's a line in there where Hoyd goes, yeah, these Chondra, they're all, they're all this way, blah, 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 blah. Since Sazed let them, you know, freed them. Now, one, is he talking mm-hmm. about something we already know about? Like where they're freed? Cause I thought they were still, I th- I think he just meant at the end of the, the lost metal says it sent them all out into the Cosmere. He says, and he get, uh, that was that moment we told them all, Hey, we need to learn more about the worlds. Second, he called him says it. Yeah. And so I think that's one of those things where Hoyt is just being, you know, Hoyt is being, uh, what is it? Informal with the shards. Oh, that's true. He does. He does call he, some of them like by yeah. their names. Yeah. That's I, true. So yeah, I think that's a deep read into, but like, if that isn't the case, you know, it could have possibly hinted at the idea that Sazed, we already hit it's the bad. point where Sazed had given up the shards at some point, maybe down the road in Mistborn 3, and he basically told the Chondra, like, get out of here, you know, do your own thing or whatever. But I don't think that's the case because Ulam still says, I must re- remain neutral. And that's what Sazed told them was like, go observe. You're not supposed to interfere go observe well and the other thing is is that we know that Sazed had the ability to create a mistborn without lorassium because that's what he did to spook, spook yeah so there's yeah. no reason to think he couldn't have created more ferrochemists um like full-on ferrochemists um Dude, yeah create a ferrochemist for hoid the spike yeah i mean or and and or just make way to ferrochemist right could have just done that but i'm i don't know how it it sounds like he'd be kind of helpful but you know he's like torn apart right now so we are gonna see i think a character change when it comes to mistborn we keep talking about all the other stuff it's because tress is probably the most or second most cosmere implicated not a novel that we have so far yeah and so like i've mentioned this a hundred times I'm getting, we're going to fight, uh, and probably not on Mike because there's not enough for an episode, but we're going to fight over moving secret history back over. I, I, I'm going to fight for that moment because I'm pretty sure I've read somewhere now that Brandon Sanderson himself said, you should read this after Bands of Mourning uh, for secret <sighs> history. But outside of that, Tress, you know, we talked about it at the end of Lost Metal. We said, you know, does this now mean publication order from now on is king? We're never going to... You were never going to reorder our reading list to fit things in. And I think Tress just confirmed it. You can't at this point. You, I think publication order is king I think going it, forward. I, I, think it, I think it also depends on what happens in Stormlight 5. Because the reason is, it's like, we know that Lost Metal happens after Stormlight 5. So mm-hmm. if you read the Lost Metal and you didn't read Stormlight 5, I wonder if like reading Stormlight 5 would make Lost Metal, you know, be more interesting. Also, you I, know, I is think, Tress going to interfere with Stormlight 5? Why would you read Stormlight 1 through 4 and then go off of the Stormlight archive and then come back to Stormlight? 
So I think here what it's really going to come down to again is it has less to do with the actual chronological order and more to do with the way Brandon Sanderson is now writing the books. So that's the that's the problem. Before, the reason a chronological order could exist and the reason I would argue against everyone who said publication order for all the way up into the Lost Metal, I, arg- I would argue against them because Brandon was so off, you know, so hands-off kind of barely like just... You were seeing the connections in the background. They were never majorly influencing how the story turned out. You could do an actual, like, I'm not saying chronological. You could do an actual reading list to go, we can catch the most connections by going in this order. Right. But you, I don't think you can do that anymore if Brandon's, Brandon was 100% set in what he said with the Lost Metal, which is, like, gloves are off. Like, we're going connections everywhere now. It, I think at that point it has to be publication order because... At that point, we're trusting that he's going to be revealing the information that he wants us to know at each point in the story. I do think it would be interesting. I think, honestly, just thinking about this, Tress would be an interesting read before Lost Metal. Think about it. One, you get to actually see Aethers, you know, as opposed to it just kind of being splurted on you on in mm, Lost Metal. No, because it mentions says it and it mentions like him releasing the Chondra and things like that, and that all happens in Lost Metal. I don't I think it's. I don't think it's a huge like. I just think it'd be interesting. Things. I mean, if I had seen what the Aethers were like and stuff, I mean, the funny thing is that Ulam would also make sense being mentioned in the Lost Metal. Like, the Lost Metal has like references mm-hmm. to Tress. Like, uh, you could. I felt like you could kind of see that. You got Ulam mentioned as a throwaway line in the Lost Metal. And you get to mentioned, you get to see Rosite. Um, we, all, but that's the thing. We we'd get the death mentioned too for March, but we don't know that he's going to survive in the Lost Metal until they created ATM because he was dying all the way up to this point, and we knew it. I don't know, but we still don't know if he's still alive right now. That's just, true. Just I, like to, the, I like to believe that Marsh is traveling around. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Uh, almost a little tragic. I mean, it just doesn't seem like this is what he signed up for. But he's like doing his penance. Um, so. Uh, I mean, okay, so that's a lot. I mean, I feel like there was so much more, and I can't wait till we get to reread. We're gonna this. reread this for I sure. I mean, this is uh, yeah. I'm super excited to be able to reread this. Um, it was just super fun. I just loved. I loved every minute of it. There are some Cosmere novels that I, when I'm reading, uh, it seems like I'm kind of pushing through them, you know, here and there. But Tress yeah. never felt like that. I mean, it felt like Warbreaker, like you said. Like I, you know. Going through like big series or you know, series of books and things like we've been going through currently, Mistborn, we're almost completely done with the Well of Ascension. We're very close. Like going through these, the payoff is always incredible. That's what Brandon's great at. That's what we're looking for. The payoff is always there. But sometimes, like you said, it's just nice to see a Princess Bride story thrown in there, a feel good story. You know, it's going to come out good the other side. You're going to get some wonderful Cosmere drops and things like that. But overall, you're getting a complete knit story in a relatively short amount of time compared to what Brandon Sanderson normally puts out. And like you said, it was just awesome. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again. And remember, our sentience depends on you.